Hey, hey, everyone. It's Ethan. Just wanted to give a little message before this next episode. I know this is a little bit of a strange episode because it is dropping on a Thursday and not a Friday like the rest of ours. And that's because this is actually an episode that is out of the normal schedule. A couple weeks back, Jonathan and I had the great opportunity to sit down with um, a good friend, a few good friends of ours and record an episode of podcast called Breaking the Surface, where you talk about mental health issues. And we were honored to do that, and we were able to talk about um, mental health in the culture and specifically uh, mental health when it comes to ministry. Um, And so that was a great conversation. Uh, Go listen to that podcast. It's called Breaking the Surface. It's on mental health. Um, And so I hope you enjoy the show. After all, it's not a tame, right? But your scientists are so have a rendezvous with destiny. All right, hey guys, welcome back to Breaking the Surface. Today we have some really exciting stuff going on. We have some very special guests. So today, in addition to Tama, Lydia, and I, we have Jonathan Collins and Ethan Nunn, and they're going to go ahead and introduce themselves. Yeah, so um, I'm Ethan, and uh, we, I reside in Tampa, Florida, and I am the Chief Creative Officer of Project 6-8, and one of the parts of that is our podcast, Story War. And the purpose of the story of Story War is to uh, look at the stories in culture and in art and politics because we're we're all telling a story either subconsciously or consciously, and um, we're all intaking stories whether it be through music, politics, um, books, or any other form of storytelling. And um, what we want to do is take that in, um, evaluate it, and see how it's affecting a worldview. And then we also take um, larger ideas within worldview and. Um, tell you why it's important and why you should actually care about these things. Um, so that's kind of what we talk about. And then we have special guests on every now and then. And we're really pumped to be doing this one with you because this is like another really important subject because it's mental health and it um, has a lot to do with youth culture, which is something that um, we talk a lot about. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, my name is Jonathan. No, I've previously been introduced. Um, I am actually the director of the visuals and the media with Project 6-8. And so I'm the... I guess you could say the technical side of what happens over there at Project 68, especially with our podcast, Story War. And in the most recent episodes, you may have heard my wonderful voice. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to go too much into what we do here because Ethan literally just went over it. <laughs> but um, hey, I guess we'll pass it right back on over to uh, Julia. Yeah. So thank you again for being here. And kind of our focus today is we wanted to discuss where mental health and where reaching youth with truth and that that critical part mm-hmm. of ministry overlap. Um, and so for Ethan and Jonathan, what are some of the ways, kind of just to start, that you have found it effective to reach young people with truth, kind of as we jump into this discussion? Yeah. Oh, wow. There's a lot, there's a lot to that. Um, w- one, and I, I think one of the main ones is uh, definitely discipleship. Um, engaging with engaging with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in my opinion, you know, I love to sit and listen to someone talk, 
and listen to somebody. You know, I can listen to a podcast, listen to sermons. But when you have that one-on-one and you have that communication or even small groups, uh, that's really important. And then also, um, you know, giving them hard truth when they need it, you know, telling them the things they don't want to necessarily hear, um, that that may seem simple or it may seem like, how does that have to do with engagement? But a lot of people, if you don't tell them the hard things, um, it shows a, a sense of disengagement in someone's life because you're not wanting to talk to them about the hard things in their life. Um, and then you, there's really not a, a strong relationship there. Mm-hmm. Jonathan? Yeah, I literally have to agree with you on that, Ethan. Um, one of the things that I found to be very interesting, especially with speaking in this culture and this generation, is that there has been a serious lack of even um, respect, I guess you could say, even for yeah. truth in of itself. And I suppose what we even try to attempt to do with uh, Project 6 8 is try to find ways to be able to um, explain to these students and explain to these young individuals how even they in their own lives can go about trying to um, express that truth. First of all, we try to teach them what that truth is, mm-hmm. try to explain it to them, and also how in each of the four fields, which is um, academia, uh, the arts, ministry, and, and advocacy, yes, and how they would go about expressing that truth and how they can ultimately learn how to do it themselves. Yeah. So I guess that puts an emphasis on that truth can be known, which oh, yes. is another Abs- big absolutely. thing in our culture yeah. right now is that truth is relative or that yeah. truth is what you feel. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that's that's definitely, you know, tr- truth is absolute. It's something that's real. It's it's not just out there. It's some abstract idea um, that you can just make up all the time. Um, you know, you can't have moving goalposts. Um, and, and I think that that actually is a very big part of mental health because when you think about it, if you keep moving things, that's going to lead to a lot of instability and a lot of insecurity in your own personal life mm-hmm. um, and in every region of life, you know. Mm-hmm. I read a book once, and <laughs> I don't know if I'll get this all right, but it was talking about how we can't um, – be our own truth and keep it going as well. Mm-hmm. At some points, our energy runs out. Um, yeah. And so I know that in despair, in depression, in anxiety, a lot of that can be brought on by feeling like we're not enough. And I think that's a big part where this overlaps is that if we feel like we have to be our own truth, we don't feel like we're enough to keep that going. And that can lead into a lot of that. So Lydia, how have you specifically seen that crisis result in despair, depression, anxiety. Yeah, so I think when you don't have truth, like he was saying, it creates a lot of instability in the world. And so I think today's young people growing up in postmodernism, where everything, there's nothing, there's nothing stable anymore. Um, but I think even, even more, um, it's not just in that realm, but just how, how that affects, I mean, think of, um, the whole gender movement and sexuality and all that. And so there's all that instability of, you know, who am I? People questioning their identity and all the um, mental distress that that creates. Um, We have so many broken homes these Mm days and all this instability really creates a lot of stress on today's young people and really um, puts, yeah, puts so much of those mental health issues um, a lot more in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So in the family especially, a lot of times we see our relationship with God as a relationship mm-hmm. with our earthly father. Mm-hmm. And so if that is broken, then a lot of times 
the truth is broken and that we misunderstand God's relationship with us. Absolutely. Mm. What are your mm. thoughts on that? Yeah, like I know I know he both Jonathan and I have pers- like really strong personal thoughts on this. But like one of the things is really like you know, like the family, like, well, marriage and then the family was like established before the church was, right? Mm-hmm. So one of that is like really making sure that, you know, fathers and mothers are definitely the spiritual leaders in the household. And with that also, um, like constantly there, uh, I think I think it's great to find outside mentorship, outside mm-hmm. discipleship. And that's something that's greatly helped me, greatly um, influenced me. I have a lot of outside influence um, in my family, but, you know, the two people I can always go back to are my parents. I think that's, um, again, it's that stability. Mm-hmm. It's the stability of your faith. Um, and, you know, it's it's heartbreaking when you don't see that. Um, and, I, I mean, that is definitely reconnecting. Uh, not even just that. Not re- even re- reconnecting it. But having the desire for it also. Because if we're really trying to raise the next generation of leaders, which is mm-hmm. part of our mission statement, then we're also wanting to raise the next generation of fathers and mothers. And so even if they don't have that, because, look, like, if you look at our age demographic, like most of us have come from either a single family home or a broken home or, you know, all along the spectrum, right, of brokenness. Creating a desire in youth to um, want to create themselves a stable um, family and society is definitely one of the things that we really do want, want to do. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, piggyback right off of that entire concept a little bit. I heard a statistic a while back that many of the young men especially – that are either arrested or are found guilty of some sort of crime. And normally when you trace back to the roots of the family, most of the time the father figure was either absent or was not really there, if you know what I mean. And I know we live in this fallen world where, you know, not everything is an absolute perfect family that we've always liked it to be, Mm -hmm. which I also think is why even having that connection, I think Julia mentioned that, but having a connection even with your spiritual father is so important because there's a lot of us even in this world. I mean, I was raised, you know, with wonderful Christian parents, but there are a lot of us in this world that were not exactly raised that way. And I feel that that connection, even if you don't have a physical father here on earth, that spiritual connection is going to be very important because the cycle continues. Because if you do not have that knowledge with your own, your personal father, or even your spiritual father in heaven, then that is going to further reflect the way that your family is. So let's just say that, you know, my dad was horrible to me, which he wasn't. My dad's awesome, amazing. But let's just say in the weird case, he wasn't. And let's just say that I ended up getting married and I just have this very weird look on, you know, dads. And I, I have two options. You know, a lot of the time, those actions that my father would have done sometimes pass along to me, regardless if I want to do it or not. It's just, you know... I guess it's just instilled in you when you're so young because you were mistreated. And all of a sudden, that's the way that you treat your son or your daughter. And then the line just keeps going on and on and Mm -hmm. on with this corruption in the family. And that's why I think there's just so much corruption even with these young adults and this youth. Because even especially in this world that we live in, there is just so much attention, I guess you could say, even on the entire concept of, dare I say say it right now, of sex Mm -hmm. and, you know, having kids even before you're married and these broken families and all of that just adds up and it ultimately needs to stop. But I feel like which, what you basically said yeah. is then is that core family <clears throat> structure is very important. And yeah. A lot of kids, you know, they shake it off and they think, yeah, my family's not really that important. You know, I can keep going and do whatever I want, but we need to realize that that entire foundational aspect is very important. Yeah. I mean, one of the things like that you said, you know, like you, both you and I have worked a lot in church ministry 
yeah. in one of the in one of the areas that like one of the th- most sad things I've seen or one of the saddest things I've seen has been um, a lot of guys who are really based. Um, you know, they come to church and everything, and then once they're kind of on their own, they've decided that this is something they're going to do. You know, they had to really fight their parents to come to church, and they decide that they're not going to get married because they didn't have a positive father influence, and they're afraid they won't be a positive father influence. Mm-hmm. And so they don't want to even risk, you know, they don't want to risk being a drunk father. They don't want to yeah. risk being an alcoholic. That's definitely there, and so I think that's um, a very, like, it's a very sad and something that we need to address um, mm-hmm. when it comes to that. Absolutely. And I mean, like this whole thing about, you know, it's this cycle that Mm -hmm. that gets perpetuated. That's where generational sins come from. Mm -hmm. And at some point along the line, they have to be broken. And really, um, for anyone out there struggling with their mental health, that is a good motivator because Mm -hmm. you don't want to be passing this stuff on to your kids. Um, And so that is a motivator to say, okay, you know, what is some of the baggage I carry, you know, from you know, if you came from a broken home, from from my family, um, and how can I be working through this right now um, so that I can raise a healthy family and just all the relationships around me can be healthier in general. Because at some point we have to say, well, it doesn't matter um, who did it to me. Mm-hmm. I, I get to choose exactly. how I do it for myself, mm-hmm. which I think is also something that we're hoping to come out and talk about as well, which is victim mentality. 10% what happens to you 90% what you do about it that's true so kind of moving through that Mm -hmm. uh we've been talking about how there can be highs and lows and -hmm. sometimes truth can be articulated to us in a way that is faulty you know we live in a broken world a fallen world and sometimes the way we carry that message to others is not not perfect jesus is the only one who did it perfectly with grace and truth and so how have you guys seen the church, especially, mm-hmm. fail in communicating truth effectively? And then yeah. Lydia, go ahead and jump in on the highs and the lows that we get from that. So, uh, yeah. So, so one thing is, I think at the start, to um, make the difference between um, like high, like spiritual highs, and then also spiritual mountaintops, right? It's like a spiritual high, like is like when you get high, like you just have to go back for more, and it's just a repeated process, right? Mm-hmm. A mountaintop is supposed to be transformative. So if, if like that's what our groundwork is, like churches can oftentimes do a really good job at creating spiritual highs and not that great at doing spiritual mountaintops, right? Like how many times, like every year do you hear about someone who's like, yeah, I had a great experience and like I'm recommitting my life back to God mm-hmm. every single year, like, right? And it's not like I'm recommitting my life to God, like I'm like doing this out of like sacrifice and like love and everything, but it's like I'm doing this because like I haven't been living for the Lord for the past year since I had my last spiritual high. So, um, but like when you, when you meet someone who's had like that transformative, um, spiritual mountaintop moment, like, it's not like they may have highs every now and then, like they may have moments every now and then, but like their life is dramatically changed. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one area. Um, but yeah, Jonathan, me and Ethan actually just did a entire podcast about the purpose of the church and something that we mentioned is that one of the you know purposes for the church, in my opinion, is like that regeneration um, for the week, that energizer. You know, it's like getting a cup of coffee or your um, uh, Mountain Dew for the week, basically. Monster. You're waking, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, your Monster. It's your, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't drink Monster, but you know, if it, if I did, you know, that caffeinated drink for the week, it's getting refreshed. Um, but oftentimes, when you go in to get that spiritual reawakening or that refreshing, you want to ensure what's being taught. First of all, is truth, which. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always encouraged whenever you 
go to church and you want to look at the scripture mm -hmm. being taught, you always, you know, want to go look at the Bible yourself and see how you would interpret it. Because, you know, again, we're all sinners and sometimes things yeah. can get miscommunicated. But I think the biggest fault that I see in the church is that a lot of the times I feel like we just have this David and Goliath concept where, like, um, I just was listening to this um, uh, teacher talk about, you know, like the story of David and Goliath. And it's like, well, you know, kids all know that story and we can go to church and we can learn about that story. But there's so many other important concepts, so many other truths that we as Christians need to know about. And especially in real world situations, like we can take the story, you know, David and Goliath and say how we can apply that, you know, like to the giants in our own life. But I think a lot of us need to have those hard talks where it's like, oh, well, what does the Bible say about this issue that's happening today in this world? Like a very big social mm -hmm. issue, like the importance of the family, like the importance yeah. of same-sex marriage. And like, what does all of that mean? What does the Bible say about all of that? Put on a tangent. No, there, but <clears throat> like I would add to that. that though, like, like you were saying, like we often like, especially in youth groups, you preach all out of a set thing of messages, right? Like you preach, like you pretty much have your your stories and passages you preach out of. And one of the things is like I think it was one in ten sermons are from are from the Old Testament, like one in ten, and most churches are less than that. Do you know how applicable a lot of the messages from like Lamentations or Jeremiah would be to people who are struggling with depression or anxiety? Like yeah. we don't think about. Oftentimes, like, oh, that was just a, that was just applicable for Israel, just because it was just going for there, and so like, I think that like, you know, one of the things is like going back to a real passion of mine is biblical literacy, like knowing what your Bible says and really being able to biblically apply it to your life, exactly. and not just like doing stuff just so like you can have like, oh, like the good one liner about like go defeat the giants in your life, that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like, so like, I mean, that's one of the big things, but like actually something that will be relatable with biblical truth, exactly. Now I'm curious, you mentioned Jeremiah and Lamentations, and I know a lot of times in Psalms, mm -hmm. it talks about kind of like that inward struggle. Lydia, do you have any specific scriptural examples that you like that talk about, you know, anxiety and depression and other kind of pressing things? Oh, yeah. I'm just curious. Um, yeah, Psalms is great. Mm -hmm. And um, just David, you know, pouring his heart out and, yeah. you know, just expressing whatever it is he's going through, the highs and the lows. And um, it, it makes it so relatable. You know, the Bible is so applicable to our lives. And that just shows, you know, that's another way that it shows, you know, how, yeah, that we can relate to it. And yeah, so for sure, some some of the Psalms, um, mm -hmm. especially where, you know, David is in <laughs> really <laughs> tough situations, you know, had maybe was dealing with a lot of anxiety, um, had every reason to be depressed, um, you know, is being hunted for his life. And he's just honest, you know, and it's okay to be mm -hmm. honest. God gave us feelings for a reason. And so to express those and be able to bring those to God and say, God, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Can you help me here? And mm -hmm. you know, just, yeah, just being honest. Yeah. Like, I mean, one of my favorite examples, like you're talking about Psalms, one of my favorite examples is, you know, there's that song that, you know, like that hymn, um, As the Deer, right? And it's like one we all know, it's like really like kind of uplifting. But if you read the song that's based off of, like it's like As the Deer, and then it talks about everyone's looking at me asking, where is your God? Right? Like, and it's just like, it's not a happy thing. Like David's feeling abandoned in this moment. And so I think that's like one of the things like you were saying, is just like there are moments when he was definitely having some, some lows, mm -hmm. 
But like he's still saying, you know, as the deer panteth for the water, like so I'm still coming after you, God. And he yeah. and he always turns it around. Yeah. He brings it back to praising God. He doesn't generally stay in the love. I know that you guys have an emphasis or parts of your emphasis on our arts and culture. Yeah. So if we're talking about uh, relaying truth better, mm. is there anyone who is doing that? Are there any Christians who you would say are in those fields, are taking steps in that direction? Yeah. Or is that a really lacking? Is that something that we need those who have a desire to go into music yeah. and go? Because mm-hmm. kind of like my thought behind this is recently I was hearing people say, you know, to go into politics or go into certain other areas. I don't want to do that. That's a really dark place. Yeah. And someone who was counseling me said, well, why wouldn't it be if, if all of the God-fearing men and women are too worried mm-hmm. to go She's into those to go. places, yeah. someone mm-hmm. with evil and unhonorable intentions is going to go to those places. Absolutely. So I'll let Jonathan handle definitely yeah, film. I'll, well, like here, I was, gonna, awesome. I was just going to just go ahead and open up on this, but... Um, I wanted to say the first thing is, is that's very good. That's a very good point, Julia. But before we get into this, mm-hmm. I wanted to mention that one of the things I think is very important, Christians do need to be going out into the world and going into all these different fields, like such as in the arts. But one thing I find to be very important is that, yes, we can have Christians in politics and stuff, but one thing they need to have, which unfortunately a lot of Christians don't have, is a biblical foundation. Because there's a difference between saying, hey, I'm a Christian, and, you know, I go to church on Sundays, and then I go and do all this dumb stuff for the rest of the week, and then, yeah, I want to get into politics, and I'm a quote-unquote Christian. Or I'm somebody who has a full-on biblical foundation that is not going to be moved by anything, and I back it up with biblical knowledge. And if you go into the world with that type of foundation and that type of knowledge, then it's going to be a lot harder Mm -hmm. for someone to try to move you. And I mean, I took a four-year worldview class, and mm-hmm. to be quite frank, that really helped me establish my worldview. And so now I can go into mm-hmm. the culture, and I'm able to point out what is wrong, what is right, and what needs to be, you know, yeah. what needs to be fixed. I would say definitely in, uh, in music, one would be Andrew Peterson, um, if you ever heard mm-hmm. of him. Yeah. Um, it, not even just because, like, his, his lyrics aren't really, like, necessarily, like, all, like, feel good or anything, but they relate, re- relate reality. Mm-hmm. And I, I, th- I think that's, that's an important thing in Christian art is relating reality with a Christian worldview, right? Because there is a lot of Christian art out there, and especially in children's fiction, yeah. that like, has like, oh my goodness, it's an allegory. It's so plain as day, but it does not relate reality one bit, right? You know, the sun shines on the wicked and the good the same, and I'm not seeing the sun shining on the wicked at all in this book, right? So like, yeah. like I mean, that's like the truth in a lot of mm-hmm. Christian fiction. Um, and I have a lot of friends in the Christian fiction world, yeah. well-known authors, and they and they do write good stuff. Um, I mean, Jenny Cody, Brian Davis, if oh, you yeah. ever want to follow any of them, um, good friends of mine, but that's not the majority. I just learned not too long ago that, um, oh, what is his name here? Uh, there it is, Peter Doctor. And um, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. But he is one of the creative minds behind a lot of the movies actually at uh, Disney Pixar. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't quite realize is that he was a Christian. And he's behind the works of, you know, Inside Out. He was behind Soul, for those of you who know. I think Monsters Incorporated as well. But in the most recent movie, Soul, there was a, um article that was written. And he was having an interview with someone. And he was going to go as far, because there was a scene in Soul where um, our character is goes to the great beyond. 
and me personally, being a Christian, I was very interested to see how they were going to handle the afterlife. But um, Doctor, in this case, during some of the early board and discussions, was actually going to have the voice of God in that scene, oh, wow. which I didn't realize. Now, of course, they scrapped it last minute. But what just to have that concept put on the board mm -hmm. to say we want to have the voice of God in this scene as they're going up to heaven, mm -hmm. just to have that foot in the door, I think, is just so important. Because, you know, like we see, like what you were saying, like we have like these um, allegorical movies like uh, like Lord of the Rings is a really good example where like, yeah. you know, we have um, our characters. It's a really phenomenal movie. But if you really know the meaning behind it, it's incredibly spiritual. Yeah. Like even the Chronicles of Narnia, another very good example of that. Yeah. But in order to be able to get to that, like I said before, you have to have people who have a strong foundation mm -hmm. who are going to be willing to say, I would want to put God's voice in this scene, mm -hmm. in this movie. And they're dealing in reality, even though it's fawns and dryads and naiads. Like, like they are exactly. dealing with dryads. And I know, like the whole movie does not, you know, relate biblical Christianity like at all for the most part. Yeah. But if you can at least take a step forward in some mm -hmm. sort of way, that ultimately is going to help the culture. And furthermore, going back to our main conversation, will help to get that truth out to audiences, which mm -hmm. I think is just so important. So, kind of going back to like popular culture, mm -hmm. there was a song that came out like a few months ago called Driver's License. And I watched a lot of the reaction videos to people talking about that song and how it captured pain and like human emotion and feeling really well. And I was like, well, it's in a broken sense because although it talks a lot about pain and everyone's like, I can relate to it so well and that's why I like it, 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 like you were talking about the movies, a lot of those movies are good, but they get so close, yet they're often so far away because mm -hmm. it's all implicit. Mm -hmm. It's not explicit in that God is directing where the hope is in that and how we work through breakups and brokenness. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people write songs. And <laughs> there's another song. I don't listen to this stuff, but <laughs> it's always playing at the greenhouse where I work about I think there's like a Justin Bieber song about loneliness. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, how people didn't understand him, but it, yeah, it's great. It's talking about the pain, but it's never really talking about the hope. Mm. And so Lydia, I guess, how as Christians do we do this better about being more explicit and sharing the pain and sharing our struggles, but not leaving so much just for people to figure out because we tend to think we're pretty smart but we're really not <laughs> this is true this is, this is true that's a really good question um and i think yeah there's a lot to be said for you know sometimes those those songs or like we were talking about the psalms earlier you know that express some of that pain and the, that heartfelt um struggle and grief and whatnot those can those can be very comforting at times and really you know like carry you through some rough moments and stuff but i think there is a point um there's balance in all of that because it is easy to sit there and wallow in it if you're not careful and you know people can get stuck there and just like oh you know me and my woes my and my troubles and whatnot if if they let themselves and they're not just going on and seeing the the bigger perspective and that's one thing that christianity does the truth mm -hmm. um is it it's this isn't the end you know there mm -hmm. is hope in christ 
um, there is redemption, there is abundant life in Christ. And so being, um, being willing to move beyond that and talk about, you know, have songs that are talking about who God is and mm -hmm. the great things he's done for us and um, the hope that we have in him, putting the focus back onto him instead of just on ourselves. So I don't think that like those songs or movies, whatnot, are in and of themselves bad, but it's just how you use them. Yeah, and I'd say it goes back to two things you said earlier, right? To the idea of the postmodernism and to the idea of the redemption. Mm -hmm. If Since we're in a postmodern culture, we're so focused on the idea of the fall because there is no redemption and there right. is no creation, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in, that, we're in that middle space and there's nothing else for us to talk about. Because, I mean, David talks about redemption, right? He, like, he knows that he's going to have, that, like, a Messiah is going to come after him. Like, he knows this. But in a postmodern, post-Christian worldview, there, that's not possible. So, like, what else are you going to sing about? Like, you're going to sing about your life. It's awful. So, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, there's nothing else for you to look forward to at this point. And so, I mean, that's one of the things about our moment in culture right now is that we have to find a way to, like, yeah, like, that, like, longing inside of you that, like, you know, like my anxiety, like I, like I feel like I shouldn't have this. Like this isn't my natural state. Like mm -hmm. that is true, but because of the way that our culture perceives it, they're just like saying like that's normal. Let's just diagnose it. Let's not actually get to the root of the problem, which is like you need God. You yeah. need Jesus, people. Even going back, yeah, like to that mental state of even like mm -hmm. the culture and how they receive a lot of this media. Yeah. I mean, I cannot tell you how many songs like come on the radio and how many songs I even hear in the stores and they all deal with like, you know, these relationships, but a lot of the times they're very depressing songs. And it's like in this world that's already falling, do you think we really need more of this? Do you think it's like, yeah, I know my life stinks, but do we really need like more like saying, oh, guess what? My life stinks too. Or it's, we're all one big happy family. It's like, it's continually I mean, stirring the problems it's, around, but it's yeah. not attempting to solve. It's not it's life's not going to be all. It's not going to be all happy like rainbows and unicorns. Like, have you read Ecclesiastes? My goodness, like, get, like, get, like, woe is me. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It, like exactly. Like, life is meaningless. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, it's but it's a it's a much better perspective on life, and it's like there is meaning to life. There's also mm -hmm. chance in life. There's also wisdom and just reward in life like yeah it's, it's much like, more balanced yeah. view it's like a song like driver's license you know it may relate to a lot of people but is that what they really need to be hearing mm. Mm -hmm. and yet at the same time outside of christianity mm -hmm. the kind of good side the upbeat stuff doesn't really you know it doesn't quite hit the truth either because the truth mm -hmm. is yes there is brokenness mm -hmm. yeah but yeah with christ he redeems yeah it. yeah so yeah they can't address the problem right. of evil yeah. and a lot right. of those songs that are supposed to be quote-unquote you know no like hopeful and uplifting mm -hmm. they are focusing a lot on material things that are making them happy sometimes well take the song imagine for like it's a, like it's a beautiful song but it's extremely depressing mm -hmm. like um, like like if you ever read the lyrics like go and read the lyrics to imagine by bob dylan it, it's <laughs> or not <laughs> but like it's like actually like very sad it, like so it's just like that is like their hopeful version of like the great hymns we have but you know mm -hmm. and yeah this is the sad reality that so many people are living with they, they don't know anything different um they don't have the truth and mm -hmm. so that is what we as christians can can point them towards mm -hmm. and yeah so that they can have life and truth <laughs> exactly it's true so all that said what are the ways we think that we can bring the truth to young people, especially in regards to mental health and mm -hmm. as we just talked about 
the feelings, the emotions, the states, and the struggles that we're in, Mm -hmm. in a life that is glorifying to God, and ultimately, maybe even Mm -hmm. breaks those, as we talked about earlier, the broken families, the the cycle that we get stuck in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. John, who's first one going to take it? You take it first, yeah. Um, I think it all really is just a culmination of what we've really been talking about. It's a one huge cycle, if you really tend to think about it. I mean, the reason on why we have all these problems in the world, the reason why we have all these mental breakdowns, the reason why we have all of these social issues is because the wrong type of information is being spread out into the public. And what needs to happen is, is we need to get people, especially Christians, Christian leaders, who are built in a foundation, who are being taught and trained on how to use their God-given talent in the world to be able to provide that truth to others. And only when we do that can we provide another basis for things, you know, for things for people to be able to look to. Like take music, for example. I mean, a lot of the new Christian music, um, it's good. I will be quite frank with that. Um, but I feel like there needs to be more creativity especially also with like a lot of the music and like even the movies like i will admit there's a lot of really good christian movies out there but i feel like they're made on very low budgets and they're made just like hey let's just make a christian movie but what we need are people who are passionate about this who have a true god-given talent who are willing to express the truth and once all this is out there and like it's a really good movie with a really good message like lord of the rings crying out loud people see that and they begin to see that hey there's some sort of hope you know and even like making a movie about and on songs about mental, you know, breakdowns and how God brings, you know, redemption, how he brings hope and comfort in those situations is very important. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it just goes back like when you're talking to people like remember, like you remembering that they're made in the image of God, right? The Imago mm-hmm. Day, But also then like their identity is found in Christ. Like, yeah. like they're like, like. They're, they're so worried about their identities and their oppression, their identity, because a lot mm. of it is an identity issue once you get into mental health. Yeah. So, like, once you once you uh, reframe their identity, then that can reframe a lot of the other problems that are going to be falling after that. So, I mean, once you, once you re- reframe a family's purpose mm-hmm. and everything, you're really going to be able to um, – the whole purpose of a family is different, right? The whole purpose of the individual exactly. is different. So, there's that. And I think that's, I think that's probably where you have to start, and it's – since where you have to start, it's probably the most important piece of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Show them the light. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, practically speaking, too, is really just being willing to kind of get into the nitty-gritty, um, mm. get it down in the dirt and do life with people and build those relationships. You yeah. know, just look around at the people around you mm-hmm. in your life and say, you know, who who can I reach out to? Who are those young people who are maybe struggling with some of these things? And, you know, going through, mm-hmm. I mean, the teen years are tough. And yeah. so, you know, walking through that with <laughs> <not> them <laughs> and being there for them and, um, yeah, being, you know, being a good model, a good example, um, but then really taking the time to pour into their lives, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah is a, a way we can, you know, reach them with this truth. I mean, I know I've been speaking a lot on like, you know, like the arts and the media and stuff as ways to reach people. But I mean, Lydia brings up a very good point. You don't, you don't have to have all this music. You don't have to have all these movies. You don't have to have all these books. You don't have all these things for people to look to. Sometimes it just takes a, just a conversation sometimes. Just having someone Mm -hmm. know that they're appreciated. There's someone looking out for them and someone wanting to help them with it. A lot of people, you know, fall into this depression because they feel like there is no one left. No one cares about them. They feel worthless and useless. Yeah. But sometimes all it takes is just somebody to talk to them and say, hey, you know what? I'm here for you. And there's someone else even greater that, you know, loves you too. Quickly as we close... 
So I think each of you should answer this. In one year, if you were to see part of each of your, uh, I know our podcast and then theirs as well, mm-hmm. part of your vision come to fruition, what would that look like? So like, yeah, so from like a year from now, um, I mean, I mean, part of it would definitely be able, uh, creating a better community, right, of youth. Um, that would probably, yeah, yeah cre- creating a better community of youth who are connected and can share their talents with one another to further the gospel. Yeah. For me personally, it would be having a group of individuals, especially in the field of the arts, yeah. where I would be able to even be there as a personal mentor. That's mm-hmm. an entirely different topic in of itself. But being mentors, you know, and helping them and training them to be able to go out into the world because there aren't many people, unfortunately, in the field of the arts that are truly passionate Christians with a good foundation that want to do this. But if there's someone, you know, to guide them mm-hmm. and help them along and train them, yeah. it just changes everything. And so that is where I could probably see myself is... Um, training those individuals and guiding them yeah mm-hmm. for me um if i were to to yeah have my dream in a year um it would be just to i mean even with this podcast to see people see individuals finding hope and purpose in life um just with so much of especially young people who are aimless and mm-hmm. kind of living in despair and just living their lives um no no joy they're not thriving they're kind of just living there they're kind of like the walking dead sometimes you know um and so just finding people i mean find um helping helping people find um kind of that that thriving state um just by um yeah coming to the truth and that those those aren't overnight things so i guess more just and i may never may never hear how, you know, mm-hmm. um, this podcast or whatever helps someone, but is if someone's even encouraged or pointed back to any point of truth, um, that would make me very happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any other thoughts? We may have more than broke the surface at this point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was uh, just going to say the surface is stiff yeah. and we definitely need truth mm-hmm. to break that surface. Yeah. So keep coming back Lydia and I have got some more stuff coming and where can we find y'all's podcast yeah so you can find our podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts. you can find it on Anchor you can find it on Spotify um, you can follow us and follow the podcast on Instagram at uh, project 68 underscore guild and uh, yeah that's how you can really keep up with us um, keep up with the show um, and do that sort of stuff awesome thank you guys so much for joining us yeah. I know we really appreciate thanks it. for having it's me it's been a yeah. really really good conversation it's been great look awesome. forward to doing it again maybe yeah, yeah. alright so for all of us here stay tuned adios <laughs> <laughs>